Who's ready for a contest? It's that time again. In fact, this contest is going to run all the way up until Thanksgiving, where you're looking at November 1st through November 17th. The deadline is November 18th. You need to join the podcast contest by the 18th to get put in. I don't care if you are a practitioner or not. All you have to do is leave a review on the podcast, subscribe to it, and then tell us you did that with the form inside the show notes below. I would love it if you also share it on social media too. That's a big help for us to reach other ears so more people can learn from this podcast just as you are doing. So once again, to get inside the podcast contest, you need to subscribe to it if you already haven't, leave a review, and then check the link in the show notes and that will tell you how to give us your information so we know you did it and then also for us to reach out to you. Now here are the winners. Out of everybody, we're going to give away not five, not 10, but 15 signed copies of my book. From anybody who joins, we will be drawing 15 names. So you're going to need to leave your name, your email address, and your shipping address inside that contact information on our form below. You can find that form in the show notes. If you are a practitioner, you have a special grand prize available to you. Our next and final Master Bloodwork live event, like final as in possibly ever, final live event, is on December 13th. It is a Tuesday. Now there's going to be something special with this. We're going to do the live event where I teach you all of the blood work in four and a half hours on December 13th from 1 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Set your date aside, mark your calendars, block off your schedule, no patients during that time. Same time next day, December 14th. We're going to spend it two hours on a special Q&A session at the same time. Then we'll take a 30-minute break. And then we're going to do something special, which I've never done before and I'm excited to do. We're going to together map out our 2023 plan. December 14th, that second two-hour session. So December 13th and December 14th from 1 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern. Block off the date. There will be one grand prize winner from this podcast contest who will get to join for free. It'll probably be... 1200 bucks because of the brand new portion, which I'm excited about. You're going to get that just like the regular, regular price of this master blood work event. And again, this is the last time it's being ran live. So come join us December 13th and 14th to block off the date. You'll get the registration link soon until then join the podcast contest. Let's make sure more ears can hear this. And just, you never know, maybe you will be the grand prize winner. Maybe a book, a signed copy of my book will show up on your doorstep. If you haven't grabbed my book yet, go grab it. It's on Amazon. Why are my labs normal is the title. It'll teach you everything you need to know about blood work and more. All right. If you haven't started using or are using systemic formulas, you need to. Don't get their supplements from Amazon. They are counterfeit as are many other of this quality. 
Grab them at systemicformulas.com and check out mybiome.com, M-Y-B-Y-O-M-E. And let's get this party started. Welcome to the Beyond the Diagnosis podcast with me, Dr. Kylie. Have you ever thought about mold as causing your health concerns? Or maybe you're a practitioner trying to help somebody walk through this mold detoxing, even though I hate that word, uh, journey. But I want you to understand, first and foremost, that there is a lot to go into mold. And I have a mold expert here with me, Kimberly Ann. Um, And unfortunately, or fortunately, Kimberly has become a mold expert because she's had to live it. So she's going to dive into not only the repercussions of mold, but really what it truly takes to become mold-free. Welcome on, Kimberly. Thank you, Kylie. It's great to be here. Yeah, I know we've had you on a couple of times already. Um, if we were to go back, probably I would say in the mid-70s, I think that episode came out where you told your story about mold. And then Dr. Dennis came on the next week um, and talked about how he does the mold sinus removals surgically. Mm-hmm. In the um, and we've, we've mentioned that this whole remediation of mold is quite in-depth. And we haven't ever gotten to it until today. So if you're a practitioner thinking, you know, your person, your patient's been exposed to mold, how do you help them? This is for you. If you are someone who thinks mold is a piece of your story, it probably is. This is for you. So where do we begin when we start thinking about mold? Yeah, well, first of all, you just have to understand that mold is everywhere in the environment. I mean, it's just, it's ubiquitous, it's in the air outside, and typically the molds that you come into contact with outside aren't toxic molds. Where do you run into trouble is when you come into a building that has had water damage and the conditions are right for the indoor toxic molds to start growing and then when they start growing out of control, then they will start producing um, like a poisonous gas called mycotoxins. And so they're hitting you from several angles. They're hitting you because you were inhaling this stuff. So we're inhaling the mold spores, which can actually colonize inside your body if you're exposed for an extended period of time which means that you could leave your moldy home, but if you have it colonized in your system, then you're basically a mold factory and you're taking it wherever you go. So you wouldn't be able to get away from it just by moving. The other thing is these uh, poisonous gases, the mycotoxins are what are so um, incredibly harmful to our tissues. I mean, they're they're poison, it's, it's a poison and, um, these things are used in, um, in things like immunosuppressive drugs to lower our immune system. So um, like when... They put mycotoxins in immunosuppressant drugs? Well, they use mycophenolic acid, which is a um, mycotoxin oh, as the base. Oh, yeah, at, yeah, as the base of an immunosuppressive drug, like if Um, For um, organ transplant patients, for them, for their immune system to not attack the new organ, they will give them these drugs to keep that from happening. So what that means is when you are exposed to mold, 
then one of the first things it does is it comes in and it dismantles your immune system, which opens the door to all kinds of other things like Lyme, like um, Epstein-Barr, like co-infections, like Babesia, um, Bartonella, you know, all the nasties. And um, so it's never just mold usually when I see, which was the case with myself. And when uh, I work with clients who have these environmental illnesses, um, it's usually like a whole toxic soup of things that, um, that they're dealing with. And mold is just one of them, but I call mold the godfather because once you get mold out of the way, then the other things are much easier to address. And sometimes when you address the mold piece, even Lyme will um, abate on its own because your immune system starts working the way it's supposed to. So um, yeah, I mean, it, mold is, um, I believe is one of the most common underlying factors that has been overlooked in the past, but I think more and more practitioners are becoming aware of it. And there's a lot more information out there now than there was when I first got sick about 10 years ago. So you just mentioned how if you were to get rid of the mold, Lyme would go away. Not always, but it, it has happened. Um, I'm just thinking of there's, there's an individual who reached out to me, I would say last week. In fact, I need to get back with her. Um, but she's done the cell core comprehensive protocol for two years now about the mold, or sorry, about Lyme. And, and I'm thinking, wait, she's done that. That should have taken care of it. Is it mold that she's living in? And you know any better, better than anybody else. Like there can be mold in your sinuses. There can be mold like literally growing within you. So changing your physical environment is only a piece of the story. Yeah, and that actually happened to me. Like I was diagnosed with advanced neurological Lyme disease and I did treatment for several years and I, you know, I got marginally better, but um, it, it certainly didn't um, relieve my problem at all until I found that mold was actually underneath that. Um, so really, you know, you definitely need to address them. If you have mold and Lyme going on at the same time, address the mold first. How do they do that? Okay, well, Let's get into uh, it. yeah, well, I mean, the first thing I would say is find out if you do have mold in your body. And um, I like to do a urine mycotoxin test. There are two that I really like. There's one by Great Plains Labs. And then there's one by Real Time Labs and um, they use different technologies. So they, they tell you different things and then they also cover different mycotoxins. So if you can't afford to do both, then do both. And sometimes- Great Plains Labs and where else? Yeah, Great Plains Labs and then Real Time Labs is the other one. And sometimes um, real-time labs will be covered by your health insurance if your doctor files it appropriately, and sometimes Medicare will cover it as well. So, um, you know, if you can only do one or if you can't afford a test, then, then go that route and try to find a doctor that will code it correctly so that I your health insurance... Let's rephrase that. 
The test is going to be so valuable that you need to find a way to afford it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Otherwise, you're just going to keep paying for doctor bills and treatment bills that aren't going to do anything. Yeah. So that's the first step is to find out if it's a problem. Now, I will say in some people who are not good detoxifiers, which was the case with me, um, my very first urine mycotoxin test like showed a teeny tiny amount of mold and that was it. But that's all that it took for Dr. Nathan, who I worked with for three years to agree to work with me. He would not work with me unless I had a positive urine mycotoxin test. So um, as we started working on detoxing the mold out of my body, the levels actually started coming up because I actually started excreting it. It was locked into my tissues and I wasn't detoxing it out at first. So if you don't have anything come up, then keep that in mind and that could be the case. And before you do your test, um, you can do some things to draw the mycotoxins out of the tissues. And one of the things I like to do is take a hot Epsom salt bath the night before and then collect the first morning urine. And that tends to draw the mycotoxins out. That's a good idea. Hot Epsom salt bath the night before. Yeah. So once you learn that you have mycotoxins in your system, then you have to figure out where it's coming from. Is it coming from your home? Is it coming from your workplace? Is it coming from you know, another building that you spend a lot of time in? Or is it colonized inside your body? And so that's when I would look into testing your home environment. Um, and I will say, as far as testing, um, there's not one test that's going to tell you everything you need to know as far as what's going on in your living environment. Um, and so I'm just going to tell you what the things that I did to find mold in my living environment. And, um, you know, hopefully you can find something helpful from this. But And Kimberly, hold on. If you, if you guys haven't listened to her story and to Dr. Dennis, go back into the episodes. I believe if I can remember correctly, it was um, in the 70s episodes, it aired August of what year, 21 or? Yeah, it's been about a year. Yeah. Okay, so 21, so about a year ago, um, or whenever, whenever this is getting released, but August of 21 would have been where it aired. Go back and listen to her story. Listen to Dr. Dennis because it will piece all of this together for you. We're diving in this episode really deep into what to do about it. So it's number three, testing the home environment. Keep going. Yeah, so when you're looking for mold, you're basically looking for water damage or moisture. So think mold equals moisture and it's either water damage or it's a humidity problem in your home. So basically mold needs three things to grow. It needs the right temperature, which is above 70 degrees. It needs organic matter, which is basically anything in your home. It loves drywall. It loves paper, which is basically drywall is paper. Um, it loves wood, it loves leather, it loves any, any type of organic material. 
and then it needs water. And so um, I like to start with just a visual inspection of your home. And that means walking around the outside of your home and looking at the slope of the ground. That's the number one thing I look at is, is the ground sloping toward your house or away from your house? Um, if your home is at the bottom of a steep hill, then chances are water is coming in from the outside into the foundation, whether it be a basement, crawl space, or a slab. So that's never a good thing. And um, there's something called the stack effect, which basically whatever comes into the lowest level of your home is going to naturally rise. And so if you have a basement and you have mold in your basement, that air is going to make its way into your first level, your living space and the second level in your attic, and then it leaves. So that's kind of the way that the water, I mean, the air moves through your home. So, um, so you wanna look at the slope of the ground. You wanna look at the roof and if your roof is over 20 or 25 years old then there's a good chance that the vent pipes are could possibly have a leak that's about the time that they start leaking so water could be coming in that way you want to look at the gutters on your home you want to make sure that they're cleaned out because if you go outside when it's raining and you have water coming over the side of the gutter then that water is too close to the foundation and it's going to penetrate the foundation oh, and that's that's my house it's not a good thing <laughs> there, i've I've, I've suspected this i'm not going to dive into it in this house though but like in our front in the front oh gosh to think about it now that's my wall that's my bedroom wall oh wow um no wonders why i can't breathe at night there's like always this puddle of water there's it's like because of the way the ground is sunken right there and then there's like a little uh flower bed and then it's our foundational wall to our house but there's this whenever like this well they don't run down because we're in we're in a drought but growing up we always had this puddle of water right here from the rain gutters coming out hmm. yeah yeah that's something to i do have air purifiers in my room though Okay. That's not tackling the source. It's better than yeah, nothing. It is. It is. I mean, you know, this takes time. It takes time to find all the sources of mold because usually there's more than one source of mold. Yeah. Um, and so now we've checked the attic. We've checked my, I'm, I swear my daughter does just fine anywhere else. Like we'll go to, we went to Disneyland. We were in the hotel for a week. She did just fine. She coughs a lot at night. Yeah. And it's been mitigated the last little while since we have our air purifier. But I swear there is something in her wall next to her bed. I just yeah. don't want that, to peer into it. That's We're, a good sign too. If she if she did better away from the home, then that's you know, yeah. that's pretty telling right there. Cause that's what I did when I learned that my house or when I suspected my house had a problem, I went and stayed with a friend for three days and i started feeling better within hours like my ear had been stopped up for many years and being at her house for like six hours it became unstopped and i felt i kind of felt my vitality coming back and then i went back to my house and 
I got one of the worst migraines I've ever had. My ear stopped up again. Like I just got really inflamed. So yeah, that was um, pretty much a telltale sign that yeah, I, I had a problem. So um, and we're and we're talking like this can lead to Parkinson's. This can lead to autoimmune diseases. This can lead to chronic fatigue. It can lead to like everything under the sun. Just a matter yeah. of what your genetics tell your body to do. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I mean, they're linking mold illness to Alzheimer's more and more, the latest research. Um, I don't know if you've uh, read anything from Dr. Dale Bredesen um, or even had him on this podcast, but um, he spent the last 40 years researching Alzheimer's and he has basically discovered six different types. And he's, he's got over 100 cases of reversal of Alzheimer's. Um, and I was just listening to the reverse Alzheimer's summit that just came out um, a few weeks ago, and he had the first documented case on there, and it was Dr. Sally Winrick, and um, she was a college professor and researcher, and she was confirmed to have Alzheimer's by being amyloid plaque positive on a PET scan. She was APOE positive. And she went from this college professor to being someone who had forgotten how to read a clock. And she had forgotten to pick up her grandchildren on multiple occasions. So her husband found Dr. Bredesen. She started the Bredesen protocol. And part of her recovery was addressing a mold exposure that she had had 16 years prior. And of course- How find that out? Just good history? Yeah, yeah, that, I mean, because um, I think it's type three that's inhalation Alzheimer's. And so they have different assessments to identify which types. And she had five out of the six types. And um, so they were asking about water damage and they had had a water event 16 years prior, but she didn't of course make the connection. But after being on his protocol for six to nine months, she started feeling better. And now six years later, she's as good as she was before she got sick. So, um, you know, it's just becoming more and more common to hear mold illness contributing to Alzheimer's. So that's well, any that's type of brain related anything. Yeah. Really. Brain fog. Whether we want to give it a name or not, I mean, Alzheimer's is by far the the peak of the the puzzle here. But it came back to 16 years prior was the incidence. Her body didn't start showing signs of it until enough had accumulated and the cup overflew, overfilled. Yeah. 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 yeah that's exactly right. So, yeah, this is not something you want to mess around with. And if you have um, issues going on, if you have a mystery illness or you've been diagnosed with Lyme disease, but you're not um, reacting or you're, you're not getting better with treatment, then you may want to think about mold illness because I think it's a lot more pervasive than we even realize. So, um, you know, so anyway, back to the visual inspection. So you want to look at gutters, you want to look at downspouts and make sure that the downspouts have extenders on them and they're they're not putting water out by the foundation you want to make sure that they're extended out 10 feet from the foundation so then you want to after you look at all that then you want to go inside and you want to just 
think about, you know, where water might be. Um, and of course, you think about kitchens where you have your sink, your refrigerator ice maker line, you have dishwashers, um, your laundry room where you have a washing machine, your bathrooms, obviously. And so you wanna look for things like water stains, rust, um, and you can also use a moisture meter. You can get a moisture meter for $40 at a big box store and you can put it around uh, your showers, around your toilet, around your windows, around anything that you think might have moisture behind the wall that you can't see to find out what the moisture level is and it will tell you if it's high. So that can, that can be another way to find um, moisture. Are you thinking things like, like, a, of course, natural humidity is going to play a role because I live in Utah. It's like desolate. Like we have 0% humidity where you're in the South. Yeah. Where it's a, what, 95% humidity? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and then you got the key, the, the coastlines. Like I know I've talked to several people in California who live in like San Diego over those, those coastline cities where there's always humidity from there too. Um, more tendency for mold there than I would say here? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I know people who have moved out of the South into places like Colorado, Arizona, New Mexico, um, and they do much better there. I mean, it's definitely easier to um, live in a drier climate when you have mold illness. And once you get ill with mold, then you have the sensitivity to it. So um, anytime you come in contact with it, it's going to affect you more than someone who hasn't been um, affected by it. So yeah, definitely. Yeah. As, as we're talking about this, guys, I just, as, especially if you're practitioners, thinking that your patient has a mold issue, be, just be very careful with them, please, because mold is not something that we can just overnight fix. We can't just detox from mold. Like this is an intensive type reality where if mold is truly the struggle, make sure they go with a mold expert, please. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just cringe when I see comments on Facebook groups or something like that where, you know, it's my patients dealing with mold. We're trying to detox her from mold. Like it's not simple. Mm -hmm. It's just like when you're talking about gut and rehabbing the gut, it's not simple. Every single person is different. Every single person is unique and it's complex. So I could sit here and I could tell you the steps for mold, remedi for mold remediation, but it's not simple. Yeah, and even me as a functional health practitioner, I mean, I don't claim to be a mold expert in that way. I don't, I, I refer people out to people like Dr. Jill Krista, who is a true mold expert. I mean, I have a lot of experience with it from a, a patient standpoint and from uh, the mold remediation side, because I've actually been through six now, six mold remediations between three houses. And so, um, so I did put together some resources for people to help them do their own visual inspections, to help them hire qualified mold inspectors and mold remediators. Um, and they shouldn't be the same person, by the way. Um, there's only a handful of states that have regulated this, but all of the others, there's, it's kind of the wild west. So anybody can slap a sign on their truck and say they're a mold remediator and mold inspector, and they can come in and do the inspection. 
um, they can do the remediation and they can screw the whole thing up and they can make you a lot worse because they stirred everything up, they didn't do it correctly, um, and now you're worse off than you were before. So it's so incredibly hard to find someone who's qualified. So I put together some resources that gives you the exact questions to ask and what their answers should be. Um, Where can and, I get those? Um, on my website, I have a resources page on my website it's vitalandclear.com and those are available there so v as in victory v-i-t-a-l-a-n-d-c-l-e-a-r vitalandclear.com go to the resources page and you can start there be a great tool for just about anybody to use um we only have a few more minutes here but Give me some, give me like one do and one don't when it comes to mold remediation. Okay. Um, okay. So with mold remediation, it is paramount that you hire the right person to do the inspection and to do the remediation. And one of the um, documents that I have is the steps to a proper remediation so that you will know exactly what needs to happen in order for you to stay safe. But I would say um, the do is hiring the, a qualified professional and, and it's really, really hard to find a qualified professional. Um, and I do have a couple of resources, like there's a website, isea.org, and that's I-S-E-A-I.org. That's the International Society for Environmentally Acquired Illness. They have um, a list of clinicians as well as indoor environmental professionals, which are mold inspectors. Um, so that's a good place to find qualified people, but there's so few scattered around the country that it, it's, it's very unlikely that you'll be able to find someone in your area. I haven't, I mean, I found somebody good, but they, they still don't do it 100% correctly. So I have to ask for certain things or they won't get done the way they need to. So that's the do is hire a qualified professional mold inspector and remediator that will follow the inspector's plan. And then I would say the don't would be, don't stay in the house while it's being remediated. Um, I, I've heard so many horror stories of um, people staying in the house because it's a pain to go to a hotel or they don't have family and friends to stay with and they don't want the expense. But even if it's done correctly, I mean, you still run the risk of the house being cross-contaminated and you getting a lot more sick. So I would say that would be the don't. What about this myth in regards to detoxing mold? Is there such a thing? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, um, there's a, there are whole protocols to detox the mold, but it, um, I mean, you're going to be running in circles like we talked about before we got on. If you're still living in a moldy environment and you're detoxing mold, um, it's like, trying to drain a bathtub where the faucet is still running you know it's never going to be empty so you have to fix the environment first that's the first step but I understand like it's not something you can do overnight and it's expensive and 
It, um, it takes time to find all of these sources of mold. So getting a good air purifier, um, taking binders while you're still in mold, um, you know, doing things like that. There is a company called um, microbalance.com and they have candles that you can burn that will drop the mold counts in the air. And I use these when I travel because inevitably, you know, I go into a hotel room and I'm extremely sensitive to mold. So I burn an EC3 candle. I also have a portable air purifier that I take with me. And I, you know, I've done really well traveling because of those things. So um, yeah, did I answer your question? Yeah, so much, so many loaded resources. You might have to go back and listen to that again because she was just spouting out gold right and left. All right, that is Kimberly Ann. You can go find her at vitalandclear.com. Be sure you go back in the episodes, find her story, find Dr. Dennis and walk. he walks you through the process of mold removal from the sinuses because as an ENT surgeon, so fascinating. Um, and yes, mold is a beast. It is. It is a beast and it is not something that you graduate from easily. But I want to say, you know, like I don't want people to be paralyzed by fear like I was. I didn't do anything for nine months about my house because I didn't know what to do. And I was terrified because I had heard all these horror stories. I mean, it, it is definitely something that can be tackled. It's something that can be handled. It just has to be handled in the right way. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping to have another resource available, uh, a free resource that walks through how to test your home, how to find hidden mold through testing. So hopefully by the time this airs, that will be up on my website as well. All right, guys, go get them all. Get all the resources, vitalandclear.com. Thanks, Kimberly. You're welcome. Thanks for having me. November 18th, that's the day the podcast contest ends. You need to join it. To join that podcast, this podcast contest, all you have to do is subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Then jump over to the link in the show notes and let us know you did that by sharing some information. There will be 15 people who will get a signed copy of my book headed to them in at their house and one grand prize winner who will be a practitioner who can come join our final Master Bloodwork live event on December 13th with a twist this time on December 14th. So block out the dates, 1 to 5.30 p.m. Eastern, both days. We'll do all the blood work on the 13th. We'll have a Q&A on the 14th. And then we're going to sit down for two hours together and map out our plan for 2023. It's going to be powerful. Nine hours total. Come join me, December 13th and December 14th. One grand prize winner. Everybody else, you can still come. Let's do this. Why? We're in this together. If you haven't started using a the supplement company systemic formulas and my biome in your practice, you need to. If you're someone who just wants to take incredible supplements, these are your things. In fact, I only recommend the best because you're wasting money if you're not. Usually they're junk and you're not going to get anywhere if they're not really good quality supplements. Systemic formulas and my biome will give you everything you need. Go visit their website at systemicformulas.com and mybiome, M-Y-B-Y-O-M-E. Visit their website. 
If you are a practitioner, come join me inside their private Facebook group for practitioners called System and Formulas Clinical Nutrition. And don't forget, In This Together Live with me is happening February 20th, 21st, and 22nd of next year in Orlando, Florida. You can now register. Get the special early bird pricing and get the link to do that below. And I'll see you live and in person. And I'll probably give you the biggest hug in the world. February 20th, 21st, and 22nd, Orlando, Florida. See you in a few months.